1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And
2: I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hi. Hi, and you are listening to a mini What's in the News episode. But before we get to our regularly scheduled programming, Mm -hmm. we have a bit of an announcement. Uh, Keegan and I have decided that we are going to take a wee break just over the break. holidays. Just a No need to freak out. Stop freaking out. Stop freaking out. Everyone's freaking out. Calm down. I can Calm hear down. the screams. Yeah. Everyone, just, stop. shh. It's fine. So, we are taking this break because we have been doing this for almost two years now. We have not taken a single break. Um. Vacations. Like, everything we've done, we've yeah. always
1: made sure to get out the two episodes a week. Yeah. Even when it has been very difficult to
2: do so difficult. And it is, while we, this is our favorite thing to do and we love it. We need a break. And we also want to take the time to figure out how we can make the show better. Um, you know, what adjustments that we can make, uh, to making it run more smoothly for us and for you guys and really just kind of revamp this baby up. Yes. start a new year when we get back it will be it'll be around our th- our 2 year anniversary. Yes, it
1: will be. So, we are going to take a break through the holidays. This just felt like a very natural time to kind of take a break. Yes. Think of it as like a season break, right? Yeah. Like shows have season 1, season 2. We have just been going 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 going. So, we're just going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back on the 3rd of January is the plan. So mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, we're going to take a break through Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of those other holidays yes. <laughs> and jump right in on the 3rd of yes. January. And
2: so. still, you know, don't unsubscribe because we will be posting any bonus stuff if there's something Keegan and I really want to talk about that we're going to just throw something up or if we're we might do a little mini Christmas thing. I don't know. We're still kind of talking about all of that. So... You know, keep following us on social media. We're not going to stop using our social media. Uh, Keep subscribing to wherever, whatever podcast platform you have that you listen to us on because you never know if we're going to pop something up and we will let you guys know when we're doing that. Um, So we are not gone. This is not goodbye. This is nothing crazy. It's just a very necessary mental health break for the two of us and a great way for us to kind of – Think about all the other things that are going on with the show and really make it better for everybody.
1: Yes, absolutely. And if you have some friends who maybe haven't listened to the show, this might be a good time to get them involved and caught up. Yeah. Before we come back with something new and improved and spectacular, so you have something to look forward to. Exactly. It's going to be like like a nice
2: little like late Christmas present. Think of it that way. Yes. And
1: again, uh, as Madigan said, we are hoping to do a few little bonus you know episodes throughout the next coming weeks and months. So don't. Unsubscribe because something could pop up. And you never know. And you never know. And what? Isn't that why, exciting? Why would you want to
2: miss that? So exciting. It's like a little surprise in your, in your, podcast Podcast, yes, yes (laughs) so that's our little bit of news so this will be our last episode for a little while well we are going to release um
1: uh next week on monday for our full-length episode we are going to release our live episode that we did with the swallows flight and flowers magic meditation Uh on um women healers medicine women and witchcraft so that will be coming out on Monday. And then after that, we will be taking just a little break.
2: Yeah. We're just hitting the snooze button and taking a good long nap. Yeah. Nice
1: nap. We're hibernating. We're hibernating. Actually (laughs) for winter.
2: We're hibernating for winter. I wish I could actually hibernate for winter. Me too. I would
1: love that. This morning, the older I get, the more annoying I feel like it is. Like, this morning, like, I, like, kind of woke up at, like, 6.30 because the time change is fucking with me, but I wanted to keep sleeping. I was, like, warm in my bed, and I'm tired, but I had to pee. Oh, And so I, like, laid there for, like, longer than I should have. And, and you're like, I, like, maybe
2: it'll go away. Yes,
1: and then I, like, got up and went pee and then, like, went back to bed. Like, maybe I could fall back asleep. Didn't happen. Didn't and happen. I was very upset about it. Oh,
2: I was hung over at 630 in the morning this morning and I was Ugh. like I need to sleep more or else this day is gonna suck and I'm still a little hung over. Unfortunate
1: I'm, but we've got I'm, water so yes, we're good. I'm
2: hydrating. I just feel like I need a Gatorade right now.
1: Oh. And
2: like a good like I want like a spicy chicken sandwich something mm-hmm. like that you know. To so, wake
1: up your taste buds. Something
2: spicy but also like very carby. Yeah you know Anthony drinks Pedialyte it's the best for hangovers, yeah, honestly. I don't really love the taste, so I still kind of stick with Gatorade. There's like a weird texture to, not texture, but like Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Pedialite.
1: Gatorade is much better, in yeah. my opinion as well. Should we start chatting? I suppose we should maybe talk about the news mm-hmm. at least a little bit. So yeah. I kind of wanted to start with discussing the fact that Beto O'Rourke has dropped out yes. of the presidential um, campaign. So he announced his exit hours before Iowa Democrats began their biggest evening of the year, um, with most of the party's presidential field set to speak at the Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines um, for the Liberty and Justice celebration, and he said, which which seems like First of all, it seems like kind of a weird time to announce your departure.
2: Like, Was he supposed to be in attendance? I believe
1: he was supposed to be in attendance. Okay. And so he announced his departure there in front of a small group of supporters, which seems a little bit odd to me, slightly. Like, why would you even show up? Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's my own,
2: like, laziness. But, but maybe that's also, like, he felt like that was doing it justice and being respectful by doing it publicly in that way. Right, and I guess he already has a group
1: of supporters there, so we can kind of tell them to their face.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's a very graceful way of bowing out.
1: Right. So, um, he said, we have to clearly see at this point that we do not have the means to pursue this campaign successfully. And uh, his top advisors had concluded that his fundraising pace meant that he'd either have to slash spending, mm-hmm. meaning major staff cuts to yeah. his own like campaign staff, in order to pay for the ad, or, or he'd be able to pay for advertising. It was kind of like one or the other. Yeah. So we'd have to make staff cuts in order to pay for advertising. So he was put in this really unfortunate position right. where his campaign just did not have enough money to stay above water. Yeah. Or, uh, in that That's way, That's really a shame. It is a shame. Um, however, I did read a political uh, political a Politico dot com article. In which they were talking about what went wrong with Beto O'Rourke's campaign. And really, it was kind of a fascinating read because you can kind of see from the very beginning that he was not prepared. At yeah. all to be engaging in a presidential campaign. Like, he announced his candidacy before even hiring a campaign manager. Yeah. Which is not how you want to do it. He didn't engage with the press the way that he was supposed to. Um On more than one occasion, he had to, like, apologize to press outlets because he would promise to get them things and then, like, not get them things. Yeah. He just... It seems like if I was trying to run a presidential campaign and, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I really like Beto. um,
2: Yeah, I think he's great.
1: I think he's great. But I do think that there was maybe a certain amount of, like, star quality that he had that maybe made him a little bit cocky going in. Possibly. There were all of these comparisons to Barack Obama. He was on the cover of Vanity Fair. There were all of these things where he was being talked really
2: Well, wasn't Beyonce, like, a big... Beto fan too. I think a
1: lot of, well, cause she's yeah. from Texas. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people were, there was a lot yeah. of celebrity Oprah. Um, there was so much celebrity behind him and he was just this kind of like star figure that I think maybe he got cocky into thinking that he didn't need to run his campaign the way yeah. that everybody else did. And that he would still be able to, like, get through it. And, um, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way yeah. because donors were trying to contact him. Like, major people who wanted to give his campaign money were trying to contact him. And he wasn't really being as responsive as he needed to be. He right. wasn't, like, moving as quickly uh, as he needed to be. So um, he ran out of money pretty much like almost immediately upon starting his campaign. And during the first leg, I think they said that he had raised something like $4 million and the second leg like $3 million, which sounds like a lot. But in the context of this campaigning, it's really not that much. And um, after he announced his departure from the campaign, which I'm a little bummed out about, Because I do like him. Yeah. But I am also very excited that it now means that we are hopefully going to start seeing the Democratic field narrow down. Right. um, And start really seeing who the major candidates are. That is exciting to me. Yeah. After he announced that he would be leaving the race, um, his Democratic rivals praised him on Twitter on Friday. Uh, Elizabeth Warren said, Your commitment to ending gun violence and uplifting uplifting the voices of the victims and their families has made this presidential race and our country stronger. Former Vice President Joe Biden said that O'Rourke faced tragedy in his hometown and, quote, responded with compassion and leadership, looking into the eyes of people who just lost loved ones and pledging his total resolve. His passion, For solving our gun crisis has been inspiring to anyone who has seen him. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont thanked O'Rourke for running a campaign to bring millions of people together, fight for justice for all, and end gun violence in America. We are grateful for your leadership. That's very sweet. It's very sweet. That they came forward and kind of were like obviously gave he, their support yeah, gave their support for him, he 's fairly young, he's in like his mid 40s, yeah. he has a lot of time yep. to run again. The thing that I find most disappointing for people who have listened to this show and heard me talk about Beto O 'Rourke in the past, I kind of didn't want him to be running for president because I thought that he could do more
2: in the Senate right? in the
1: Senate, and um, judging by a couple of comments that he's made it doesn't sound like he is planning on running for senate
2: which is strange to me because i feel like that would kind of be the next
1: logical step yeah yeah i agree and i could be wrong i mean he did say that he wasn't going to run for president and then did yeah. so uh, it's possible that he may run for senate i really hope he does yeah, i maybe I he think, just needs to take a beat yeah he would be served very well in the senate uh-huh. and then hopefully he could possibly run again for president um, the next go around, I yeah. think would be a good time for him to I really agree. get And I there. think
2: that this was a good learning experience as well. Yeah. Now he
1: knows, Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's going to be better prepared. He said that he hated debating. He yeah. wasn't very good at it. And I think that it did hurt his ego that he got a lot of criticisms in the press after his showings at debate. So yeah. hopefully he will come in stronger the next time. Yeah. And it just wasn't his time this time. Yeah. So yeah. exactly.
2: Bye better. Exit. bye bye babe um so i wanted to talk a bit about a woman named julie briskman okay do you know about julie briskman i
1: don't
2: so she became kind of notorious a couple of years ago there was like a viral photo of her flipping off trump's motorcade outside oh, of trump's okay. golf course mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she is a virginia woman um his golf course is like near where she lives and things like that and she kind of went viral by doing that she uh so she actually did get fired from her job didn't she get arrested she didn't get arrested from what I know but she was kind of encouraged to leave her job at she's like in marketing or something like that Mm -hmm. and she was encouraged to leave her job after that and she it just kind of lit this fire under her belly and so she decided that she would run for local office and this week she won her bid. Hey. Yeah, she says there's no doubt that that photo and me getting unjustly fired from my position at work kicked off my drive and kicked off my desire to become active to become active politically. That day I got fired, I went home and signed up to work the polls during the statewide in 2017. Um, She states that this you know, that was kind of a catalyst moment for her to realize that something has to be done if something as simple as flipping the bird at the president, the motorcade can make her lose her job and kind of dismantle her life a little bit. Um, The irony is that now Briskman will be overseeing the Trump golf course as it's in her jurisdiction, which I love, and she beat her opponent by 52 percent in the polls. She campaigned on updating the county's environmental plan, adding affordable housing, and increasing pay for teachers and firefighters. And she said that she only mentioned her middle finger incident every once in a while as she wanted to speak on the issues first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So I I congratulate Julie Briskman. I think that's such an amazing story. And I just wanted to share that. Yeah,
1: I think that that's awesome. And, you know, it's when I hear things like that. And there were a few other elections that had very positive outcomes recently. And um, it's when I hear things like that, that I get hope for the 2020 election, especially everything that's been going on with Mm -hmm. the impeachment proceedings and all of that. It does give me hope. But I am also watching Dancing with the Stars. Oh. And Sean Spicer hasn't even gotten into the
2: bottom two. Yeah, I don't understand that. I'm not watching it, but I'm aware of um, the standings and like who's on it and everything. And I, I don't understand how he's still there. Well,
1: I have a theory that part is he of it. Good? No, oh my god, he's awful. That's like so he should weird. have been gone so long ago. It's strictly political, which is what scares me. Yeah. Um, but I also have a theory that because of the way the voting is being done this year, that the West Coast really doesn't get to vote.
2: What do you mean? Was how's the voting done?
1: Because it airs. And then, like, the Central and Eastern time zones have all of this time to vote, and the
2: Western time Western zone. time
1: zone really doesn't, because what they used to do is they used to air it two nights, and they would do one, then people would vote overnight, and the judge would, judges would score, and then the next day someone would get eliminated. Now they're doing it all the same night. So you have only this amount of time to vote. And the people on the East coast, which is where like DC and all that stuff is, have all this time to vote. Yeah. And they're also more motivated to vote. Whereas like millennials and more progressives are watching it the next day on Hulu. They're not like watching it real time. So that's kind of my theory, but it also does
2: scare me. Because there's so many people out there the, that are willing to do
1: that. And the people who are radical are the ones who are showing up to vote. Yeah. So this is just us saying to you, please, if you are progressive or left-leaning in some way, show up. Show yeah. up to vote because all of those people are. They're yeah. fanatical and they are showing up to vote. They will vote for Sean Spicer 20 times. Yeah. So you need to vote. To yeah. Vote. That's
2: It's a very uh, telling it's a very telling sign. It's scary. Of the 2020 it's, election. It's a little scary and dancing with the stars. And I bet
1: you ABC did not think it was going to go down this uh-uh. way. They did not think he was going to be on the show this long. No. And so they're they're looking pretty stupid right about now. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so I want to talk about something pretty distressing that has been in our zeitgeist lately. Okay, it's good, because been... I
2: have something positive for the oh, end. Oh,
1: thank God. Um, <laughs> but this has been, it was all over the internet yesterday. It got shared to our Facebook group. It got shared to My Worst State, my other podcast's Facebook group. It was shared all over the place, and that is... That T.I. Oh yes the rapper escorts his eighteen year old daughter to the gynecologist every year to check if her hymen is intact. No 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 no
2: no 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 stop I don't like it I don't like I am so sickened by
1: this on so many levels. There
2: there are levels it's like an onion situation here. First of all, The hymen. You can lose it at any time for multiple reasons. It has nothing to do with your virginity. Second of all, the fact that a father would escort his daughter to the gynecologist. Would you do the same for your son?
1: Yeah. If there was a way to make sure that your son was still a virgin, would you do that? Or would you praise him for
2: being able to go out and get get women? Like, would you do that? Well, and it's also just this weird, like, I. I have a very hard time with the gynecologist. It's a very triggering thing for me. I feel like it's, it's a very incredibly uncomfortable. vulnerable yes. thing for women. Yes. I, I don't want anybody in there. I don't want, especially, I don't know, like a father, especially someone who is going in very critical. I just feel like that's creating such a bad example for her. Well, I
1: think it's abusive. It because is. Because... Okay, so I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read through this a little Got bit. It. This is from a HuffPost article, although it has been shared across multiple outlets yeah. at this point. Um, so T.I., mm-hmm. who's was a father of six, not all by the same woman, by the way. So if we're gonna start be talk- talking about yeah, life, about like,
2: like, like purity and things right, like that. Right, chastity and things like
1: that. Um, he was on a podcast called Ladies Like Us. And the host, these two women, they were talking about his eighteen-year-old daughter. They were talking about whether or not he'd ever had the sex talk with her, and she, he said, "We've done more than talk about it." Ugh. Um, and so he—that's a
2: really gross way of putting it. It, it is. We've it done is. more than talk about it. That—that that implies something very sinister and dark.
1: It, yeah, it feels—it feels very gross. Um, but. He said, the thing is, Deja's 18, just graduated high school now, and she's attending her first year of college, figuring out for herself. And yes, not only have we had the sex conversation, we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her hymen. He went on to say, this is what we do. Right after the birthday, we celebrate. Usually, like the day after the party, she's enjoying her gifts. I put a sticky note on her door that says, gyno, tomorrow, 9.30. So we'll go and sit down, and the doctor will come and talk. You know, the doctor's maintaining a high level of professionalism. He's like, you know, sir, I have to, in order for me to share information, I'm like, Deja, they want you to sign this so we can share information. Is there anything you don't want me to know? See, doc, ain't no problem. First of all, (gasps) going to pause that because what he's saying is the doctor is telling him that in order for him to share her medical information with her father, she needs to consent to that. Yes. What he's saying, what I got from that is yeah. that he's intimidating his daughter and by saying, by saying, if you don't have anything to hide from me, you should sign this piece of paper. Yeah. Which, as a teenager, would have been so horrifying for yeah. me with my dad. Like, I, I would have, I would have also signed it. Doesn't mean yeah. I'm actually comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this doctor, I mean, he's trying to do the right thing. The right thing, but it's like, what are you supposed to do in a situation like that? Um. So then the doctor comes and says, well, I just want you to know that there are other ways besides sex that the hymen can be broken, like exactly. bike riding, athletics, horseback riding, and just other forms of athletic physical activity. So I say, look, doc, she ain't ride no horses. She don't ride no bikes. She don't play no sports. Man, just check the hymen and give me back <gasps> my results expediously.
2: What the? I, and he's saying this on a female-led podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. How do they react to this?
1: So that's another thing. So they reacted by laughing. Somebody made one of the hosts. I would have
2: been so uncomfortable. One of the
1: hosts made a comment that they were like, oh, we need to check on Deja. She's a prisoner. Like they were like making jokes, but they have since come out and made a statement where they were like, we were uncomfortable. We didn't know what to do. Yeah. We apologize for our reactions. Like we reacted inappropriately. We should have called him out immediately. Yeah. Um, it was an uncomfortable topic and yeah. we apologize. We shouldn't have reacted like, like that. And they've taken the episode down. Um, so they realized that like, that was, yeah. they should have stopped him. I, like,
2: I wonder, I feel like I would have, I would probably say the wrong thing as well. Do I, I, I don't, thing. I would, you not expecting that. No. And you know? I, and it's just, it's a very uncomfortable thing. I don't know. There's something about a power dynamic as well, where I would just feel uncomfortable Standing up for him, like, especially him being a celebrity and things like that. Like, I feel like I, my brain would be going a mile a minute, figuring out what the best way to call him out and probably just being too scared to. Right. Yeah. I think like you're not prepared
1: at all to deal with that situation. Yeah.
2: You know, and then
1: there is also this weird feeling of when you're talking to somebody about the way they parent, um, there are weird feelings about that. I know whenever I've had an issue with the way that somebody has parented, there's always this voice in the back of my head that's like, well, it's their kid. Like, what am I supposed to say? You know? And I appreciate that they came out and they said that we should have handled it differently Yeah. and we didn't handle it appropriately. Um, He did end the podcast by saying that he is proud to say that as of 18 years old, Deja's hymen is intact. Fuck you. Which also is so... Fuck you. If that was my dad, like... That's you just pretty, announced to the whole fucking... It's so violating that you went and announced to the whole fucking world the status of my body is yeah. so, like...
2: And why And why are we celebrating virginity? This kind of... This actually segues me into what I wanted to talk about that was a more positive thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know the comedian Daniel Sloss? I know the name. Keegan, go... Everybody, go watch his comedy. He is amazing. He is so thoughtful and progressive and he tells his jokes in a way that are so beautifully crafted and he does he says in his show you know usually it's like 70-75% funny jokes we're having a good time and then he goes and then the last 15 minutes I give you I you come to my TED talk and he kind of like lays it on the line a few jokes thrown in there and uh, he just has a new HBO special out called X and he starts his routine, you know, he's talking about how he loves kids and how when he's a man saying he loves kids, immediately he's like, and you all think I'm a pedophile now, don't you, and blah, blah, blah. And he talks about his little uh goddaughter that he has and how she's a moron because she can't play hide-and-seek. She just, like, stands in, you know, the middle of the room and it's like, he can't find me. And, you know, he's talking about how awkward it was for him to have sex and the sex talk and what's wrong with the sex talk, uh, that we get in school and how, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed of sex. We're taught it's only for reproduction. He argues we only use it like that's 1% of having sex and about, you know, he's just, he's got such a funny, brilliant way of having these discussions. And the last like 15 minutes, he gets really, really real. He, um, Tells a story about his very best friend who he's spoken about in a few of his specials and how they happen to be in the same town and he was doing a gig and she was working. So they went out to dinner and then randomly his two male friends from that he's known for like eight years come into the restaurant and he's like, oh my God, this is crazy. And they're like, do you want to go out? And he's like, yeah. So he left early because he had a show the next day and his friend stayed and hung out with the other guys and went out and drank and things like that and the next morning they got breakfast and he's like so what happened last night like tell me and she goes I don't want to talk about that and like she just kind of was being uh weird or but she said it in a way that was like "Ooh, this is gossip so he's like okay like tell me the dirt and he finally got her to crack and she said that she was raped by one of the men that he had been friends with for eight years and he goes immediately to say I'm not sharing this story because I'm trying to exploit it I got her permission she helped me write this piece he talks about the importance of men being allies, he said, you know, I got you on my side from the beginning with the jokes that I told you understand me. You know, we have this report now as an audience to a comedian, you know, so listen, I'm not trying to lecture you, but you know, we need to start calling out our friends more. This is how I dealt with this situation. You, you know, somebody, every woman in your life will tell you some story and how, you know, he wanted to beat this guy up. And the girl just said, But that makes him the victim then. Then you're turning him into a victim by doing that. And um, the way that it was handled between a male-female friendship, I just thought was so beautiful. And there's these... She tells these jokes that he, like just dies at like when they're having the conversation where she tells him, he's like, I asked the worst question you can ask. I know that now, but I asked her if she said no. And she said, yeah, more times than the two unlimited song where it's like, no, 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 no. Like, right. And then, so when he asked her if it was okay for him to talk about this for his show, uh, she says, "Yes, but when has my permission ever been needed for anything?" And he he just gets down on the ground and like crumples and just like puts his head in his hands like I can't believe you just said that. Like it shows how uncomfortable it is and he's like, "But that's how she gets through it." Mm-hmm. And it if you haven't seen any of his comedy, he's fantastic. He does go to some places that are very dark. He actually has a special called dark, but he does, he has such respect. And the way that he tells his jokes show that you can be a comedian and make jokes about uncomfortable topics and topics that may be a bit controversial and be respectful and talk about why, like, why do we have this prejudice? Why are we ignorant? And all of these different things. Right. And, and I, fantastic. I appreciate
1: that. I appreciate it coming from the view of somebody who is learning. Yeah. Right. Because I don't fault men for not knowing because yeah. we've been in a society where they have been conditioned to think that it's none of their business or that well, it's something that they don't need to be involved well, in. Well, and he said, because
2: I'm not raping and assaulting women,
1: right? I'm doing my part. And because I don't have that conversation with, you know, it's just like that meme that says, or not that meme, but like there's tweets and there's all kinds of things that say like, why do women every woman knows somebody who's been sexually assaulted or raped and no man knows a rapist. And it's because the men are not confronting their friends or not having these open conversations with their friends.
2: And he, he talks about the guilt he feels because he looks back on the eight years of being friends with this guy. And he said, there were signs. Absolutely. Looking back, I see where I should have stood up and I should have said something. And, but that's bro culture, and it is. you kind of just have you think like, oh, well, that's my bro, and this is kind of
1: like the way that our culture is. Yeah. So it's fine.
2: And this guy, you know, they, the group of guys that they were friends with with the rapist said, you know, you're done. We are not going to be friends anymore. Even if, like, we would love you to stop drinking, stop doing drugs, go to therapy. But even if not you do all of those things, we're not cool anymore. And since then, he's heard that that was not an isolated incident. He is continually doing it. He is out there. Because if
1: it's a person who would do that to your friend's friend, someone that you know you're going to have to see again, then it's somebody who will do it to a stranger. Like it's somebody who will do it to someone else, you know, like and there is this entire both of these stories kind of really illustrate that there is this entire concept of purity culture and rape culture, which we did, we've gotten a few requests most recently on our Facebook group to talk about and deconstruct purity culture, and it's something that's been on our list for a long time, Yeah, and modesty culture and like all of that, and why it's so harmful. Um, but both of these things, there's. I love that we did both of those stories kind of back to back because Same. it really highlights the damage that can be done when we're yeah. talking about both purity culture and rape culture and the ways that this kind of like toxic masculinity has pervaded throughout our our culture and our yeah. society and the damage that it does. Yeah. And you know, when talking about that Ti stuff. Someone linked an article that I thought was really interesting that the UN put out about um, how that practice, the practice of, like, checking for the hymen, which has been done throughout generations, Mm -hmm. how it's so fucking harmful and um, toxic and actually produces a lot of trauma upon the person who is having to go through that. Yeah. So it's definitely a practice that we need to do away with altogether and Planned Parenthood came out and they roasted the fu- they put an entire like thread about how checking for the hymen and like all of that stuff how it makes no fucking sense yeah to even do that anymore and why it's so harmful so you know this is kind of a good place to end for yeah. our uh before we go on our break and that is that there are good people out there still mm-hmm. kind of doing their best to fight the good fight, even yeah. though there are like so many fuckheads. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: well, and the thing that I loved about this special is, you know, we started it last night and we finished it this morning and we turned it off and I had like a 40 minute conversation with Max just about everything, about his knowledge of the topic growing up, his knowledge of it now, my experiences. I was crying at the end of this special. It is, I cannot recommend it more for our listeners. Like it is so... Good. And it, it, it created such a good conversation starter that I think is so por- important to have with your guy friends, your loved ones, um, you know, with, o- with your own level of comfortability to be able to share with that person. You know, I, the first time Max and I ever, you know, were together in any sort of way, I just kind of laid it all out there. And I was like, look, I have some past experiences that I may not want to do this every time we're together. Mm-hmm. I'm still working through some stuff. And his, you know, he didn't ask questions, he didn't pry, he was just like, that's okay. And just having that be out in the open and that comfortability really means a lot. So, you know, don't share if you're uncomfortable. You don't have that's not your responsibility. Even if you're having a conversation where you're not talking about yourself, you're just talking about the knowledge that you have on the subject. I think it's just important to have with your guy friends and your significant others. And I, things I like think that.
1: being more open about all of this in general. I mean, again, I never I always want to ride that line between being like, It's never on the marginalized person to educate the other person. And we've said that many times. However, I think if we as a society can come to a place where we are more willing to openly talk about these things because it's not shameful and we know that, we know it's not shameful. So if we can come to a place where we can just say, these are the things that happened to me because genuinely, and I know that a lot of it is willful willful ignorance, but genuinely like a lot of guys don't know and it's because they're not wanting to know and that's a problem yeah but also if you can make it known as often as possible that this is not an isolated incident this has definitely happened to the majority of your female friends yeah Um, and
2: that's what i appreciated about his special is that he is a scottish white man you know mm -hmm. and he's he is not taking claim of being the expert or anything he's just sharing he's like I look like you, so you're going to listen to me. Right. And that's exactly
1: what you need to do. That's yeah. what an ally should do.
2: Exactly. If you
1: are in a position of power, your job is to wield that power responsibly. Yeah. You so, know? so that's great.
2: Bravo, Daniel Sloss. Absolutely. I have a huge and crush I, on I you. will
1: definitely watch, watch that special. Watch his,
2: all of them. They mm. are so, we were obsessed this summer with mm. him. So when we saw that there's a special, we saw a billboard last night, we're like, we're watching that yeah tonight. I will totally totally it's watch so it so good yeah so good so you guys thank you so much for listening I hate like you know we're gonna have another episode coming out but this is our last time recording, we're recording for, for a minute it's kind of feels weird. weird it
1: feels very weird I don't know what I'm gonna do with
2: myself I know it's very strange I mean I feel like I'll still be like taking notes on stuff. Yeah, like, I mean,
1: and also know, like, there's weird big stuff happening in the news, like, every second of every fucking yeah. day. And if there are any major developments... We'll get together. Um, ...know that we will release, like, a do 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 yeah. you know, breaking news breaking, special. Yeah. Uh If there is anything to do with the impeachment inquiry or anything like that... Yeah. Uh, or, or else we have, we're gonna
2: be playing catch-up majorly. Right, if there's
1: any, like, new revelations about Epstein, which we haven't even talked about the I fact know. that... ...Epstein didn't kill himself. Um... <laughs> So, if, Which we already knew. Which we already knew, but, you know, there's actually more proof now uh, than there ever has been. So yes. if anything conclusive happens with that, we'll definitely get together and yeah. record something. So know that you will most likely be seeing pop-ups, bonus yeah. episodes kind of coming your way uh, throughout this little bit of a hiatus that exactly. we're taking. It just won't be as frequent yeah. um, or on schedule as we have been doing, but we will get back to
2: it on January 3rd. Yes. So, so I'm going to take this time to say thank you not only to listening to this episode, but for being so supportive and listening to us every week. You guys are so unbelievably wonderful, and we are so, so, so thankful for all of you guys Um, If you would like to see what's going on with us in the meantime, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com if you want to send us any sort of episode suggestions for when we get back. We're starting a new list of new topics, adding to the old list of topics that we have. Uh, You can also follow us and direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Twitter at YANF Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. We have a Facebook business and group page. Go ahead and leave us a review on our business page and come hang out with us in the group. It's a great place to be. If you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It's a free way for you to listen. It helps us out just a little bit. With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage on.